2 Corinthians 5.15 And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more in that in His flesh, walking on the earth like that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Hold, all things are become new. Amen? It's a wonderful Scripture. We all know that, right? Everybody knows 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And when the Lord Jesus Christ saves a man, a woman, a person, when He saves them, He makes that person new. It's not a new and improved version. It's not a, a, a spruced up version of, of the, the before version. Okay? He makes that man new. And I want to talk today about what actually is made new. What is new? What is it that's new in Christ? Because that's the whole picture here is out of Christ or in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that is obviously speaking about a saved person. That's speaking of someone that's born again, saved by grace through faith. We know the means of salvation. Uh, but what is actually made new? He says all things have become new. And the word new creature. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. New means what you think it would mean. It means freshness. Okay, Creature is actually translated creation. A new creation. And that and the God or a formation or even a thing. Okay? A new creation or a new formation. And the new creation is not an addition to. This is very important. The new creation is not an addition, an addition to, nor an improvement upon the old. Now might catch some maybe to catch it off guard. We, isn't it better? Isn't it improved? Being in Christ, absolutely. But the new creature or the new creation or formation is not simply an addition to or an improvement to the old, but it's something entirely different. And we're going to talk about this this morning. There are a lot of uh, theories, uh, religions, philosophies that, that will take a man or a woman or a person and try to improve them. Improve their lot in life and try to improve their, their character. If, uh, improve them in some fashion or form. Their outlook on life, if they're depressed, and, you know, or, or maybe they have addictions and strongholds. And, and man wants to try to improve themselves. So whatever they can latch on to that they think will make them a better version of themselves, but they don't want to let go of themselves. Okay? They just want to be better at what they do, better controlling my temper, better controlling uh, uh, addictions, better at whatever it may be. They want to be in a new and improved version, better physically, uh, whatever it might be, a better father. You know, lost men in the world may want to be a better father, okay, or a better husband, or and so forth. But the new creation, the Lord does something that you can look, search the world over, and you're not going to find. Anywhere else, what God can do. That's why the Bible, one of the reasons the Bible calls it so great salvation. It is a great salvation. 
And we need to understand what's taking place in our lives and what He's desiring to do in lost men that are all around us every day. And He can do in a moment. He can do in a moment. Jesus said who, uh, that, that whoever believes in Him is past, is not going to come, come into condemnation, but is past from death to life. That is something past tense. A believer. A born again. I just called on Jesus 30 seconds ago. Five seconds ago. To come into my heart and be Lord and Savior if that's the case. We're passed from death to life. We're a new creature in Christ. And, and the wrath of God doesn't abide on us. And the condemnation of God does not abide on us. But, but we're saved. And we're robed in the righteousness of Christ. What is new? And we're going to look at this this morning. What is new? in the life of a believer. What is actually made new? We would say, well, obviously, it's not our, our physical body, etc., right? You can look at yourself and say, well, I've got the same receding hairline that I had before. You know, I still need to take off a few pounds here. Uh, that's obviously not been made new. But he says all things are become new. We need to see what he's talking about, a new creature or a new creation. Obviously, it's not our physical bodies, but do you know what, y'all? We're told in the Word of God in more than one place that one day this body's going to be made new as well. Now, that's not what the sermon's about today, but I want to read this because it's exciting to me. In, in Philippians 3, 20 and 21, I'll go ahead and read it. For our conversation, our, our life, our lifestyle is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. He is talking about this body. That it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. So, what's made new in Christ at this time? If any man's in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That body is not new now, but it's going to be. So rest assured, we're going to have a body that's fashioned like unto His glorious body when it is raptured. That's a sermon for another day. But it's not today. But um, it's obviously what else is, is not made new. Obviously, you couldn't say, or I couldn't say that not right now today, this second, though I am a believer, and you're a believer, that, that every old habit hasn't passed away. You still might have some things from your B.C. before Christ's life that hang on that God is working on to get those out of your life. A temper or, or lust. Every, every, uh, every evil thought is not just banished to, to, to never be found again. Although God is doing that. You understand what I'm saying? God is working that in us. And so he's, he, he's, it's God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good, good works that God has before ordained that we should walk in them. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. So we're sanctified in Christ, but we're being sanctified and becoming more like Jesus in our actual behavior day by day. And so uh, the, the new creature is what we're going to look at today is dwells in the inner man. Okay, we're going to look at a couple of terms here this morning. The inner man, the inward man, those can be used interchangeably. And you've also heard, and we'll read this in First Peter in just a little while, the hidden man of the heart. 
Okay, the hidden man of the heart. But I want you right now, if you're still in 2 Corinthians 5, look back to chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. So what is new? I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm in Christ. He says, I'm a new creation. What is new? Chapter 4, verse 16 and, uh, 15 and 16. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You see verse 16? That's an important verse because it's telling us that you know these things already, but it's telling us we have an outward man and we have an inward man. And the Bible is so clear about these things that we take so much of this for granted. But it's good to understand it. That outward man is perishing. What is that outward man? It's just what you think it would be. It's our body. It's our physical body. It's perishing. It's breaking down. Little by little, cells are decaying and dying off and the body is wearing down and breaking down. It's fit for the lifespan that God has made it for. However many years on this life, it's not fit for eternity. This body is not fit for eternity. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We're going to have a new body. It's a spiritual body. It's a body. But it will be a spiritual body like unto His glorious body. It says, though our outward man perish, that's for a lost man and a saved man. Our outward body, perish means corrupted or destroyed. It, that's what's taking place in our outward bodies. He says, but the inward man is not for a saved man, is not perishing, but is actually being renewed day by day. Isn't that what he says here? Though the outward man perishes, Paul doesn't want us to look at that. The Lord doesn't want us to look and just focus on the outward man. Oh, I'm a little older. I'm a little slower. I'm a little this. I'm, I, my heart's not quite as strong. My blood flow through my body is not straight as, quite as good. He doesn't want us to focus on that. This body is going to perish, okay? We ought to be good stewards of it while we've got it, but it's going to perish. Though that is happening, at the same time that's happening, it says the inward man is being renewed day by day for a saved person, okay? For a saved person. What is the inward man? The inward man would be what we're talking about today. Is is what I would call the real man. What really makes you you is not your body. I mean, think about it just a second. What if you, you do get older, but you're still the same? You can't do the things maybe that you used to do when I played high school sports that, you know, that I could do now. Uh, but you're still you. In other words, the real man. If you got in a bad accident, and God forbid, but if you got in a bad accident and were bound to a wheelchair, or maybe in a paraplegic and couldn't, couldn't do anything for yourself, you're still you. Your mind, your heart, what you love, you're still you. The outward man is perishing. The inward man is the real man. That man, for a believer, is being renewed day by day. And renew means to renovate. To renew or renovate. And so Michelangelo, the, the famous uh, artist and sculptor, he, he said, the more the marble wastes, as he's working on a sculpture, the more the marble wastes, the more the statue grows. So that makes sense, doesn't it? So the outward man's perishing day by day, but the inward man, and that's the one that's important. 
That's the real one. The real man. The hidden man of the heart. That man, for a Christian, someone that's born of the Spirit of God, is absolutely, it's a fact for every one of us. You might feel I'm lagging behind. I'm not as mature in Christ as I should be. Well, amen. We're not as mature as we should be. But that inward man, the Bible states, is being renewed day by day. It's being renovated the same time that the outward man is perishing. Okay? And inward man literally means what is inside. What is inside or from within. Christ makes that repentant sinner, the one who trusts in Him, new where? Within. He makes us new within. One day what's without will be made to new as well. Amen? But what He's concerned about is the heart of man. Not the physical organ the heart. He's concerned about the heart of man. He's always been after the heart of man. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Uh, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, try the hearts and reins of men. He's concerned with the hearts of men. And that's where Christ comes to dwell. That's where we put our faith and trust in the Lord. Yes, we agree in our minds. I understand that. But it's faith in the heart. If you believe with all your heart. Okay, and so I want to look at a scripture here. I have it written down. If you want to turn there, you can. Romans 7, 22. Because we're talking about the inner man and the inward man. And those, those words can be used interchangeably. The inner man and the inward man. Okay, uh, Paul says this. And, the, and we know the famous, if you've studied your Bible and read it, you've heard this famous struggle that the Apostle Paul is revealing I know it's the Holy Spirit. It's God that's given it to us. Romans 7. But He's revealing a personal struggle. Everyone that I've studied, and I agree with it myself, believes He was saved at the time He's recounting this about His life. But He says that, you know, that's when He says the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the things that I, you know, I want to do, I don't find myself doing. That kind of thing. And he, there's this struggle going on. He says in verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So the inward man, for Paul at that time, had been born again. He was saved. And he was longing to do what's pleasing to God and to obey the Lord and to walk with the Lord and live a holy life and, and walk in that as a pattern, as a practice and behavior day by day. But he struggled to do it. Well, we all struggle with that. Amen? But at the end of that chapter, and, and again, this is not what this sermon's about, he says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Thanks be to God. He, he gives his own answer. Who's given us the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there were overcomers through the Lord. But I just wanted to look at that for a moment where he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man or the inner man. The inward man is immortal. The inward man, we had a beginning when God created us, but we're, we'll live forever. Even a lost man has an inner man. So when I said the inward and inner man, the hidden man of the heart, those three terms can be used interchangeably and they are. The new creation and the inner man cannot be used interchangeably. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, a lost man has an inner man, has an inward man, and it's lost. He's not delighting after God, you know, the law of God in his inner man. He's delighting in his sin. 
and, and so forth. And, and so those cannot be used interchangeably. But the, the inward man is the part of man which can know God. Let's put it that way. Can know God. Our physical body doesn't know God. But our inner man, we're created different than all the rest of creation. Uh, not like a squirrel. I always say a squirrel running up and down a tree. You know, barking it. Uh, or, or ducks flying over or whatever. They are not created to, to know and have a relationship with God. They don't have morals like that to understand, to know, uh, to call on God, to walk with God, or to reject God, which is a choice too. I don't want that. Man is created in the image of God, and in that image, in His image, part of that, and I can't say this is the totality of it, but we have a spirit and a soul that's eternal. Lost man has a spirit and a soul that's eternal. He's got a mind. He's got a soul. He's got a spirit. If he's lost and dies without Christ, he'll stay lost. And he'll be aware that he's lost the whole rest of his eternity. He's not just going to be annihilated and cease to be. Uh, we don't believe in soul sleep or some of these other religions that believe this. For a lost person, they just cease to be. Um, there's too many scriptures to the contrary. But a, a saved man, uh, it's in the inner man that we can know God. We can commune with God, fellowship with God, delight in the Lord, take joy in knowing God. Like David sitting out on the hill playing his heart, looking at the heavens and worshiping God and magnifying God and just said, your loving kindness is better than life. And he just he was rejoicing in God. His physical body uh, didn't have that capacity. He could make his body obey him and lift his hands and worship the Lord. But it was that inner man that was delighting after God. That's a wonderful thing. We're created in the image of God with the ability to do that. So the inner man or the inward man is not the same as the new man. But the new man, the new creation that we talked about, that's where, the inner, uh, where he dwells. That's what is made new. And that's what we're talking about. And I just read this definition. I don't want to bore you with too much. But the inward man, when you look it up, or the inner man is anthropos. Okay, and that is the same as the hidden man of the heart is the eternal man, the soul, the conscience, the seat of spiritual influences is the inner man, the sphere in which the Holy Spirit does his renewing the mind, the soul, the spirit is God's image or imprint upon man, even a lost man. God has his fingerprint on that lost man who can curse God and reject him if he wants to because he has a free will. But God has put His image. Let us create man in our image. A lost man is still created in the image of God. That image has been greatly marred because of sin. Because He's a holy God and, we, and, and that's passed down through Adam. But again, don't use it interchangeably, the inner man, with the new man or the new creation. That was my point of that. So the inward man is literally what is inside and Christ makes that man new. And that's where it matters. Uh, the inward newness is how I'm going to phrase it for a new creation. When Christ comes into a heart and life and saves that person and redeems them by His blood, that inward newness will surely have an effect on the outward man. Okay, We'll talk about that more in a moment. But the change is a change in the heart. The inner man, the hidden man of the heart. That's where the change takes place. That's where Christ comes to reside. Within our body, it becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit upon salvation. We're born of the Spirit. It is God's Holy Spirit that comes to dwell in us. 
And um, that's actually, that's what's made new in Christ. It's a change in the heart when the Lord redeems us. And it's a new heart and it's a new life. Look with me, if you would, to at uh, 1 Peter. I want you to turn there. We did a study in 1 Peter on Wednesday nights here not too many months back. 1 and 2 Peter. We covered this, but I want to look at it real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 4, and we're prim- primarily going to focus on verse 4. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word, won by the conversation of their wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So he's saying there, if you're a believing wife and you have an unbelieving husband, uh, live in a godly manner, live in a holy fashion that even though they don't, quote, have the word, they could be one to Christ by your lifestyle. Seeing the change in your life and your heart, even though they're lost at this time. Who's adorning? Here's what I want us to look at. Who's adorning? Uh, let it not be let, let it be not that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. The hidden man of the heart is the same as the inward man and the inner man. Okay? And the hidden man of the heart, he says, our beauty, and I don't think this is just for women, by the way. He's writing to believing wives here. But the point to me of this, and you could, we could teach it that way and should teach it that way, but there's something I can learn from that as well. He is saying for a believer... Your adorning, that means your your fashion, your ornament, your decoration, your behavior. That's what that adorning means. Don't let it be the outward plaiting of the hair. He's not saying don't fix your hair. He's not saying don't put on apparel and things like that. He's saying don't let that constitute your beauty. Don't let that be what defines your beauty. Well, they sure are beautiful, but I've talked to them and they're a jerk. You know what I mean? They're rude. They are selfish. They're un- you know, let the beauty. Uh, which is important to God, says the great value in His sight, be that your beauty, be the, that meek, gentle, quiet spirit of God, which is part of the fruit of the Spirit, right? And the hidden man of the heart. So let that be, that's where we need to focus. That's where we need to be. We need God to work. That's where He does work. I spend a lot of time praying for bumps and bruises and aches and this and that in my body. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I ought to be spending the most of my time focusing on God working my heart. Work patience in my life. Work kindness in my life. Help me to bite my tongue and not say those things that I just let fly out of my mouth and then have to regret and take back and ask you to forgive me and someone else to forgive me. Do this work in my life. And that is what God is doing and what He wants to do. The Lord said, that's what matters to the Lord. Let your beauty as a believer, old or young or a child or male or female, uh, you might think you're attractive, you might think you're unattractive. None of that matters. Our beauty in God's eyes is to be that hidden man of the heart where He's working and making us more like Jesus. And I know I've shared this story before. Brother Clendenin uh, talked about it. And I shared it not too long ago. I'm going to share it again. He was on a mission trip to India. And while they were... 
I know walking to church or they had a little free time before they preached that night. Uh, they're just kind of going through a marketplace in some town in India. And one of the little craftsmen would, uh, if you would give him a piece of silver, uh, he would melt it down and, you know, make you some kind of little trinket right there while you were, while you were standing there. So he's got his little fire going and his melting pot for silver and people are doing it and paying him a few dollars and giving a piece of silver and he would melt it down and make them something out of it. And Clendenin asked him, how do you know when he's watching it melt, okay? How do you know when that, that metal's ready? When, when you've refined it enough, when it's heated enough and refined enough. He said, when I can see my reflection in it, I know it's ready. And I thought... Clinton shared this, so I'm stealing from him, but it's such a wonderful story. Uh, and that's the same for the Lord working in our lives. He's working in us to see His reflection in us. He's not looking at muscles and, you know, things like that, how tall or short, or outward beauty, the clothes we put on, or earrings or rings. He, he's looking at the hidden man of the heart. In His sight, that gentle, meek spirit and godly character and trait, he's saying, oh boy, he's really coming along good. This is what he's excited about. In the sight of God, that's of great value. Well, he owns everything. He owns everything that's valuable to God when he can take somebody that he created in his image that fell away in sin, redeem them to himself, and work in that person like a, a, an architect. He's the potter, we're the clay and inwardly transform that person to be like His Son, Jesus. That is pleasing to Him. It's valuable to Him. It ought to be valuable to us. I know it is. Or you wouldn't be sitting here today. You'd be sleeping or fishing or doing something else. It's important to us. And the Bible says that uh, bodily exercise profits little. There is some profit to it. He didn't say it's pointless. But he says, but godliness is profitable now and in the life to come. And I'm paraphrasing it has a promise of that. Godliness is always profitable. Okay? Where does godliness take place? Not in the outward. We can use our bodies for God, but the change takes place in the, in the heart, in the inner man. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. That's where this is taking place. Okay? In the inner man. And so that's what the Lord makes new. That is what's important to God. We need to know that, y'all. The hidden man of the heart is what's important to the Lord, making that man new. And that's what God's concerned about. And that's what God is actively doing. Can He heal our bodies? Does He heal our bodies? Yes. Does He tell us to pray for the sick? He does. Okay? It's important. We see miracles all through the Bible. I'm not discounting it. I'm saying that body's one day going to pass away. What's created in the image of God, that eternal part of man, and then where the new man resides, that's forever. And He wants to do that work in our lives now while we're still living on this earth so that others can be see Christ in you. Jesus physically is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has sent the Holy Spirit to work in us and to live in us and love through us. And, and men can see that uh, through our lives as we get out of the way. That's the new creation. Okay, the Lord is doing this for everyone and only the Lord can do it. But he's working in, in us to perfect that, to make us more like Jesus. Till he, till, work until he can see his son when he looks at my life. How long am I in the furnace of affliction? 
How long am I in the school of hard knocks, right? How long am I in the school of Christ where He's working on my life? How long, O Lord? That's what David said in the Psalms. How long, O Lord? How long? From the enemy's going to triumph and this going to happen. It's going to happen a long time. You know, He's using it all for a purpose. There is a rest that remains for the people of God, but we're not fully there yet. We've been resting Christ now, but there's a future rest that's even way better when there's no temptation and sin and struggles around us. But in between now and then, He's able to keep us and to fill us with His joy and to fill us with His Spirit and to fill us with His peace. And He is working in us to make us more like the Lord. The focus is the inward man. Man's heart, man's spirit, his soul. I just want to read this in Galatians 6.15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. The debate there was between going back under the law for believers, and we don't have time to get into that study, or or strictly remaining in in God's grace and, and by the Holy Spirit not by works of righteousness and so forth. <clears throat> but he says, in Christ, Jesus. That's how it starts. Neither circumcision availeth, that means to do or to prevail, to be of strength. Circumcision nor uncircumcision. If I'm born again and I was circumcised, say I was a Jewish person and I got saved and i already been circumcised, that circumcision doesn't do anything for me now or strengthen me anyway in this new life in Christ. Nor uncircumcision. Okay, so somebody said, well, I never got circumcised. I'm better than you. Neither one avails anything in Christ. But what does avail something? What is uh, to prevail, to be of strength, is a new creature in Christ. That's what prevails. That's what is, uh, accomplishes something. And so, and here, here's the next point I want to make today. And is that, and we'll be bringing this to a close, but... That new creature, that new creation, that new formation that we started with in 2 Corinthians 5, if any man, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That new creation is not just uh, any, any kind of life. There's not just any kind of newness either. Like, like if you didn't know it and you came back, let's say you moved out of Baton Rouge and came back in 20 years and say, there used to be a car dealership here. Now they've got a new something there. It's a, it's a brick park now. Okay, well that's new. Okay, it's just totally different. Uh, and you don't know what to expect. People are uh, you know, seeking for life on other planets. Some new life. Star Trek, they used to be out looking for new life forms, right? Uh, looking for new life. But they don't know what to expect. They don't know what they're going to find. But in Christ Jesus, when we're born again, we know exactly what kind of life it's going to be. If, if Marissa's born again, and I'm born again, and Sherry's born again, and Chris is born again, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see the exact same life, the exact same Jesus. Physically, we're different. Different interests in life and places in life. But the life that's in her and in her and in him and in me is going to be the same life. It's not just different. Oh, that's different. It's not just different. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a specific life. It's very describable. We can see it in the Bible. And so uh, here's a thought, and this is not to be uh, condemning, but the Bible goes along with this. In 1 John, uh, where he talks about if a man say he knows him, 1 John chapter 2, and doesn't walk, and I'm paraphrasing, doesn't walk in God's ways, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. 
Doesn't mean that saved man has to be perfect. Does mean he needs to be walking in the ways of God. Okay? And we meet, and you meet, and I meet people that say, oh, I mean, you have to witness to me, man. I'm a believer. And then literally five seconds later, they're letting the curse words fly. Well, I've cursed since I've been saved and I had to ask God to forgive me. I'm talking about somebody that, that says that they're a Christian and then they curse or they said evil things before their eyes and don't have any problem with it. That's not the life of Christ. Now, I'll leave the ultimate judgment up to God. I'm not any man's judge to say heaven or hell for you. I am to say this, that if we're a new creation in Christ, whether we just got saved and we got a long way to go, I got a long way to go too, amen? Or we've been saved for 50 years and we're more like Jesus than we were the day we got saved, that new life that's in us, that new creation is going to be Christ in me. It's not just any kind of new life. Oh, they tore down that building. I wonder what they built. We know exactly what He built in you and me. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. It's Christ that's being formed in you. We know what He's like from the Bible. Okay? And from the Holy Spirit revealing Christ to us and forming Christ in us more and more. And so, uh, any, anybody, any newness in a person that's not like Jesus, at least in part, you know, and we grow. It might be little. It might be tiny at this point. It grows. I'm not judging. I'm not the fruit inspector to, to judge and say everything about everybody's life. But the Bible does tell me I'll know them by their fruit. And the Bible does tell me that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. If Dee's saved and I'm saved, she's not going to be going out west and I'm going east in our character and nature and morals and, and rejoicing in God or not rejoicing. That's going to be similar. One might outpace the other. You know, if you've been married for a while, there might be times where it feels like your spouse is outpacing you and then maybe you're outpacing them for a while. But, but the point is, it's the same life. It's not different. He's looking for His reflection in our lives. In every single believer, uh, a, 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 a different nationality, a different race, a different age, still the new life in that person. I've been on mission trips. Many of you have as well. I go to different places. I don't understand the language. They're starting their praise and worship up in their churches. I know I can pick up some of it if it's Spanish. I know pretty much what's going on. But I do see the joy in their hearts and their faces. They're not drunk. They're not on LSD. They're not doing some great... They're worshiping God. And I know they're, God. they're worshiping God. And the pastor says, open your Bibles. But he says it in Spanish. Abren los Biblias. Okay? Las Biblias. And he, he's speaking in Spanish. And yet, uh, it's the same spirit. You can talk to people, you can hug people, you can shake their hands, you can pray over them, they can pray over you. It's the same life of Christ in you that's in them. And I thank the Lord for that. That's, that's a new creation in Christ. It's a very real work. It's a very wonderful work in the inward man. It will absolutely have an effect on the outward, even in this life. Think about it for a moment. Uh, how will the inward newness of Christ in me affect my outward? Will it, will it affect how you dress? Probably, to an extent. Or will it affect uh, the places you go and the, where your feet carry you or your car drives you that you don't go anymore? Will it affect what you set before your eyes on your TV set or the music that you listen to or your conversation or your speech? Absolutely. It ought to. What's inside ought to control what's outside, not the other way around. We're not given over to animal passions. I'm not as prisoner to my body, okay, or hormones. 
I'm prisoner of Christ. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to walk. And there's a self-control. It's a control of the Holy Spirit, but it's a self-control. It's part. It's a discipline. Temperance is part of the fruit of the Spirit that God gives. And so that will control what's on the outside. I'm going to read this just real quickly uh, from Ephesians. That you put off, he's speaking to believers, Ephesians 4.22, you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. That's not our old body. That's the old man. That's the old man that didn't know Jesus and they're saved and he's telling them still to put it off concerning your conversation, concerning your behavior, your lifestyle, how you live, what you talk about, what you think about. Put off the old man. That that conversation, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, it's already it's unredeemable. The old man is not redeemable. The old man's the old man. The new man's the new man. They're not the same. The new man's not an improvement on the old. The old man is corrupt and deceitful, and he says, "Put it off," which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man. That's a conscious choice, even after I'm saved, to walk in the spirit. To, to walk with the Lord today. To be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is guiding me to. What the Word of God says. No matter how I feel. That you put on the new man which after God is already created. It's a new creation. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That new man is created that way. He's created that way. And the Lord's working in our life. And that instruction, y'all, is for believers. That instruction is not telling a lost man how to be saved. That instruction is telling a saved man at Ephesus how to live in us today. How to live with God and for God day to day. Put off that old man. Because he's going to try to usurp the authority of God in our lives. At every turn, he's going to try to usurp it. The more we walk with God, the more we recognize it, the stronger that spiritual man is. Remember, he's being renewed day by day. The outward man's perishing, and we walk in the spirit, and we understand that, and we mind those spiritual things. We mind it. It's a constant, a constant, and a conscious choice that we make. And I will look at just a couple more scriptures. Read, read with me through Ephesians chapter three. This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. Part of that prayer, he had a long prayer for them. And God strengthens and builds up that inward man in the believer as we put off the old man by faith. And here's what he said in Ephesians 3.16. That He, the Lord, would grant you, these believers, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit. Where? In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all, all the fullness of God. They were already saved, but there was more. You see what I mean? There's more. That new creation is, is still having to grow. Christ is, is being formed in us. He's working us. He's whittling. He's a potter and we're the clay. And we're already saved. And now He's working on us to make us more like Jesus. And His prayer for them is that they might be... Uh, God would grant you in verse 16, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened by His might in the inner man. His might strengthening us. His might building us up in that inner man. 
And the Lord, by the Holy Ghost, specifically, that's what He says here, by His Spirit, supplies spiritual power and strength day by day to the redeemed. He gives you strength. That old man, that, no, that, I'm sorry, not the old man, the, the outward man is perishing. It gets tired. You may not want to get up tomorrow when the alarm clock goes off. Okay? It's tired. And yet the inward man hasn't, hasn't decreased or diminished at all. In fact, he's being renewed. Aren't you glad that it's not based upon you and how well I do? That God is actually working in us to will and do of His good pleasure. And so, it's not when he says strengthened by the spiritual might in our inner man. He's not, it's not just power to do miracles and so forth and to move mountains. Although I believe it includes that. I believe it's spiritual power uh, within our inner man to grow. And to be like Jesus and to be holy and overcome temptation. And to, to, to gain our spiritual knowledge and walk with God. Uh, and to be stronger in the Lord spiritually. And God takes that one that He has made a new creation by faith in Him, and He works ever so skillfully and ever so patiently and ever so mightily in that life. You look at some little frail young child that gave their life to the Lord. They just don't look, you wouldn't look at them and say mighty, you know? And yet the Lord is working mightily in our lives. To make us like Jesus if we're born again. That inner man, you can't see it's the hidden man of the heart. But that hidden man is not hidden to God. I'm glad he's not hidden to God. Sometimes I wish I was, that he wouldn't see what I was thinking or feeling in my heart. But we're not hidden to God. That hidden man of the heart is not hidden to God. He sees it, he knows what's needed, he knows what to do in your life, he knows when to do it, how to do it, how to work in your life. The hidden man of the heart is not hidden to God. He's working in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. And I thank the Lord for that. And I'm just going to close with, with two Scriptures. In John 15.1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and My Father is the husbandman. A lot of times we get down to about abiding Me and, and, and Your words and, and My words abide in You and so forth. It's all wonderful. But He says, I'm the true vine, My Father is the husbandman. That means the land worker or the farmer. That means God is working in us. That He would grant unto you according to His riches by His Spirit to be strengthened in the inner man. The husbandman is doing that. He knows how to do it. The landowner, the farmer, is working in our lives to make us like Jesus. And I'm going to close. And you can turn with me if you want. D, you can come. These altars are, are open. But I want to close with this passage in Revelation. You know, we started with that in Sunday school. And I want to close with Revelation 21. This is way, way after, this is after the tribulation and after the millennium. And we see in, in uh, Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write these words, for they are true and faithful. We start out with God making the believer a new creation, a new formation, a new thing. But he's one day going to make all things new. You still have tears and crying and pain in this life. You still have things that hurt you. You have things that affect you. You have 
personal failures in your walk with God that hurt you and frustrate you, um, He's still working in us. That inner man is being renovated or renewed day by day. Thank God for it. But we also have some instructions. We need to yield to God and cooperate with God. Amen? To put off the old man. Put on the new man which is created after righteousness and true holiness. And one day, it's all going to be made new. This whole world fell in sin. It's all tainted by sin. The animals are tainted by sin. Tornadoes are because of sin. Hurricanes are because of sin. Disease and pestilence. Earthquakes. It's all because of sin. Romans 8 says all creation is groaning for this redemption. It's all going to be redeemed one day. The sinners and those who reject Christ and to their dying day, they'll be here. And those that know the Lord will have a new body. We'll be saved in future tense, never to sin again. We're saved now, but saved never to sin again. To be with the Lord, when we see Him, we'll be like Him. For we'll see Him as He is. And all things will be made new. Creation will be new. A new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Wherein dwells righteousness, Peter says. That's all that's going to dwell there. Is those that are the Lord and His angels and those that have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. For Christ is all in all. And it's going to be wonderful. But between here and there, He's making us like Him. And I need to focus more, I do, on the, the inward man. Uh, just personally, I know we do in our preaching and so forth, but, but to understand that, that hidden man of the heart, how can I be pleasing to God? Well, he says that meek and gentle spirit and the hidden man of the heart, that's of great value. That's one thing that's of great value to the Lord. Great price to Him. He's, he's pleased with it. And I want my life to be pleasing to Him. I want to honor my Lord. It, I want Him to be pleased with my life. And so, let's just pray. Y'all, the altar's open. Uh, if you want to take just a few moments as we, we pray and seek the Lord, and just let Him come to this altar and pray, God, do that work. I'm already saved, but do that work in my inner man, in that inward man, that inside my heart would be a life that, like that man in India refining the silver, when you see that hidden man in my heart, you say, He's coming along so well. Or she's coming along so well. I see my son. I see my son the way you act. I see my son the way you react. I see my son the way you're gentle. I see my son the way you love your enemies. I see my son the way you love your neighbor as yourself. I see my son the way you're, uh, you seek my face and you call upon me. And you want my glory on the earth. This is the hidden man of the heart. This is God working in us. And Father, we praise You today, God. It's not something that we can do on our own. It's not a religious work. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but a new creature, a new creation. Thank You that You saved us and You literally made us new. Not a better version of our old selves, but new. And I thank You for that new life, the new heart. God, that new heart's going to, the more we'll let you live in us. We're going to love what you love. And we're going to find ourselves hating what you hate. And longing for not my will, but thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in me and on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, minister to our hearts and lives today as we call upon you. Make us more like Jesus. In your name we pray. Thank you, Lord.